pull up a bar stool. Welcome to another edition of the Social Media Podcast. Hey everybody, this is John. Really awesome episode today. I'm going to bring John Hayden to the virtual bar. And uh, John's focused mainly on nonprofit. However, many of the issues we're going to discuss apply to both nonprofit and for-profit. We will discuss some of the similarities and differences between nonprofits and for-profits and what they deal with uh, regarding their Facebook and digital marketing. But we're going to take a deep, deep dive into some of the important metrics and talk about advertising as well. It's just really a great episode. You should take a listen here. Um, before we get to the show, just one little request, if you will. If you enjoy the podcast, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes, wherever it is you listen, really appreciate it. That helps me reach more people. All right, so pass the bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, this is John from JohnLoomer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with yet another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite a different friend from the social media marketing world. We meet at the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. This week, I'm absolutely thrilled to invite my friend to the virtual bar, John Hayden. How you doing, John? Great, John. Thanks so much for having me. You bet, you bet. So, John, um, I mean, you and I go way back. I mean, we we met at it was a, a an N10 conference, so nonprofit technology. Conference. Yeah, that was that was in San Francisco, wasn't it? It was out east. Was that um, Atlanta? Atlanta, yes. Yep, I think that was four years ago. Oh man, so yeah, that, 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 that's back when I was in the nonprofit world as well. And John, I mean, you've been really important to to my growth. So I ended up being laid off from that job in in late 2011, and. Um, I mean, you were one of the people I immediately talked to, and you were so supportive, saying, "Hey, you should do your own thing." And really, honestly, until then, I don't think I believed I could. So I, I really appreciate that, and always have. So you owe me a lot of money, then, right? I do. Uh, like the, a, a, a nice percentage of these millions and millions of dollars I'm making these days. You're right. Yeah, yeah. just have your wife make me cookies. <laughs> That'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. So. Uh, first of all, we, we are at the pub. I'm trying to choke down a Bud Light at uh, 10.45 a.m. my time. What you drinking, my friend? I have cold coffee. Cold coffee. With chocolate in it. It's oh. like a cold mocha thing. Well, that's, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, we, we were chatting for, sheesh, probably a good 40, 40 minutes or so before we got started. So uh, it's, that's probably why it's cold at this point. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so, John, you you focus mainly on nonprofit, obviously, as I was just saying. Um, you know, and so so I remember that world and how the the struggles I faced. Uh, you know, nonprofit marketing, and so your goal is, you know, as a as a consultant, I don't want to speak for you, is really to 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 help these nonprofits who ha- have so many of these, uh, I guess, obstacles, whether it's financial or support from superiors or whatever to to use social media or Facebook probably in particular on a limited budget. But what, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. I help them use anything that's, you know, digital, email marketing, websites, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever it might be to get the job done. 
Um, and the, the other way that I describe what I do is that I, 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 I resuscitate missions hmm. and I inject them into the internet. Um, because often what I find is that when I'm working with an organization, it's not really about the internet so much. It's about them. Maybe they forgot about the core of their their mission, right? Right. They forgot, like you know, the re- what what will make people talk about you is how amazing your your causes or how amazing your people are. You know, oh wow, that you know they they kind of get stuck in this old school marketing thing about like. You know, we're a 501c3, and this is our brochure, and we have to present ourselves a certain way that's very shiny, almost like a little shiny egg that you hold up, and we have to get it perfect. And I said, no, it's not about that. It's about the heart and about the passion. And I really try and focus on that, which is, um, I I think, you know, in a way, John, I think nonprofits actually have a huge advantage over Mm. for-profits, right? right. So nonprofits naturally um, are able to give people meaning right. in their lives right. you know a for-profit uh they can't they they struggle with that even even apple apple has to apple spends billions of dollars every single year to do the same thing yeah. that nonprofits do for free mm. you know it's amazing you know i'm um you know i help a, a dog shelter or i i support a local breast cancer foundation and that when I do that, it makes me feel great. Yeah. No, it, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, um, from a for-profit point of view, like, so how do you build these brand advocates, people who, who want to tell all their friends about how awesome your product or service or your brand in general are? Mm-hmm. And that's a huge challenge. Uh, Dude, especially if you're like right guard or something. Exactly. Like you know what I mean? If you're like friggin' right guard or like, uh, what's that other deodorant? Um, one of my favorites. Um <laughs> Oh, oh, dry. Oh, dry idea. That's like my favorite name of any product ever because it's such a lazy idea. It's like, uh, what are we going to name our thing? Oh, I didn't really do my homework, boss. Um, Dry, you know, dry idea. It's like, what? But somehow it works. It's weird. I don't understand it. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, so you got nonprofits who, you know, just the sheer nature of of what it is, those who, uh, who are, who you're connecting with are your true supporters and people who have a connection, this emotional connection to what it is that you do. And so, yeah, I think that's a built-in advantage to uh, mobilizing people to get them involved in whatever it is your cause is, as opposed to, hey, everybody, I released this new product. Help me help me uh, promote it and get everybody else to buy it. <laughs> you know? It's... Yeah. Yeah. Help me sell my right guard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. That's going to be a priority for me. I'll get right on that. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you, you've carved a really nice niche than a nonprofit. I mean, you're the nonprofit Facebook guy. Inbound Zombie, is that focused mainly on nonprofit? Remind me. Yeah, yeah. Inbound yeah. Zombie is pretty much the consulting side of the business where yeah. I it, it does everything. Email marketing, website development, design, strategy, everything. And then um, the Facebook guy, the nonprofit Facebook yeah. guy, that, that's a blog that I have. And that kind of is a, basically a lead capture um, site. You know, yeah. I'm trying to get leads and build my email list with my two blogs and, and go from there. Right. And then johnhayden.com, you focused uh, really, again, on, on those nonprofit folks. So, I mean, you, that's, their, that's your niche. That's your target audience. I mean, is there any, are there any other differences then in the way that you uh, – you know, and the type of content you're writing to to you know attract those people, or is it pretty much the same thing? It's just that you're the nonprofit guy, and you want those types of people to come to you. 
Well, in some ways it is, well, yeah, that's my niche and that's all that I care about. Uh, even to s slice that a little bit further, I tend to work with organizations that are um, kind of left leaning or, you know, yeah. middle to left, you know, you know, but the one thing that I noticed, John, that <clears throat> is the uh, challenge, I guess, across the entire nonprofit spectrum is the, 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 the model is very different. It's, it makes it a little bit more complicated in some ways. In the for-profit side, the ultimate thing is buy. Buy this thing. Just right. buy it. Right. right? That's, that's the goal. Buy it. Right? On the, on the nonprofit side, it is a lot of things. Sign this petition. Mm. You know, spread this message to your friends. Because so that, that in some ways, for nonprofits, the bottom line is spread the message. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's it's not necessarily all about raising donations, but that's that's probably an ultimate goal, but you you want to yeah. spread spread the message first, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's a part of it. And that's the interesting thing is that, you know, with nonprofit, it's definitely bigger than donation, but it's more focused on the relationship. So when I say I support the National Wildlife Federation, um, I might support them in a number of ways. I might sign a petition. I might share a photo from their Facebook page. I might send in a check. I might go to an event. There's a number of things that I might do, and that's contained in this overall passion that I have for the environment or for animals. But they do have, they definitely have different goals. Like for profits, it's all about, it really does come down to the money ultimately, right? right. With the nonprofit side, you know, I'll give an example. National Wildlife Federation, a good friend of mine, um, runs their entire social media there. And I was talking to her one day about fundraising and all this stuff. And finally, she just said, you know, I was really kind of drilling into what are your goals? What are you really trying to accomplish? And she said, you know what? We just want to get people outside. Mm -hmm. We just want people to go outside into nature. <laughs> and, that, and she was completely sincere. Like, that's actually the organization's goal. We want people to go outside. The reason why is because when people go outside, they are more invested in protecting that place. Yeah. Nonprofits, because they have a couple of different goals, you know, advocacy, awareness, fundraising, big, large donors, um, you know, there's a lot of different, different goals that they have within the organization, but they lack a marketing headset. Sure. In general, they really lack that marketing headset and they just don't know what, how to go about it, right. you know? And, but, but yet they have this asset, which most for-profits don't have, which is people that are automatically passionate. You mm. tap into that and you have unlimited, like a, basically like a free, sustainable energy. Mm -hmm. is that, that passion that they have. They can tap right into it. That's the challenge is to help them tap into that core, that essence. And I'll give you an example just very quickly. Sure. I was working with an organization, and, and you know, sometimes there are causes that are very complicated, as you can imagine. So I'm working with this organization, and they focus on um, a, a specific disease. I totally forget the name. It's a kind of a rare disease. It only affects kids. Mm. Okay, and they said, "Geez, it's really hard to talk about the disease and the research and the funding and the the political stuff and the bills and whatnot." You know, and 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 so we, I said, nobody wants to talk about that. You know, and I said. Well, you know, after some discussion, we really discovered that what they what really works for them ultimately, like you know, a few weeks later, a few months later, what was really working with them was talking about um, um, the love between a parent and a child, mm. right? That was very universal throughout their entire supporter base. Like our kids are our kids; they have this disease. 
but they are doing amazing things. And because almost because of the disease, they are even better than, than another child. And you know that from personal experience because your own son, right? Right, right. Yeah. A lot lot of people might not know that, but, uh, my, my oldest son, uh, is a cancer survivor. And I mean, they were going on 10 years now. So, so it's quite a while ago, but this is, that's absolutely something that's impacted us from that day forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of the, you know, it's funny you mentioned, um, you know, uh, organizations that have that obstacle. You know, how do how do we, you know, raise awareness and um, you know get the support that we need? And one of the organizations I love that I, th- I think they do an awesome job with social media is Alex's Lemonade Stand. Hmm. And um, so, so they, uh, Alex had cancer. She had neur- neuroblastoma which is the same type of cancer that uh, Michael had, uh, but she had a much more aggressive form, and she unfortunately passed away. And her whole thing was raising money uh, with lemonade stands to uh, for, for, for uh, childhood cancer research, right? So it's a really nice, simple concept. And yep. one of the things I love that, that they do at Alex's Lemonade is that they do feature these kids and how they're just like everyone else's kid, like all the stuff they love and photos of them smiling and having fun, but also their story and what they've had to battle with. And because um, it's such a sensitive issue uh, in a lot of ways, because you don't want it to be depressing either, but mm-hmm. uh, but you don't want it to be all you know flowers and butterflies either. Um, so so because you need to make sure it's clear that there's an urgency to to help out. Well, yeah. The other thing about that, John, is that, you know, research has shown, uh, at least on Facebook and Twitter, is that people tend to interact with and share stuff that's more positive yeah, rather than stuff that's like doom and gloom, like this is horrible. And I don't care what the cause is. There's always a positive view of it. If yeah. you have cancer, if a, if a child has cancer, yes, you can say, oh, this is so horrible. Oh. You know, but then, you know, when a child has cancer, as you know, you know that there's so much more um, kind of an awareness of how, about how precious life is. Absolutely, you and know? anyone who's a parent, um, whether or not their kid has fought through something like that, uh, can relate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you because they'll, they'll often have uh, you know stories from from the from the parent, and uh, and you as a parent trying to put yourself in those shoes. You do a lot of crying reading those stories, but it's it's one of those things that that motivates you to get involved. Um, and you don't necessarily have to have a kid with with cancer or have lost a child to cancer to 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 be inspired by that. Mm-hmm. So, yep, uh, exactly. and I think I think that you know with with the organization you're helping, it's, it's the same type of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I love. That's why I love the work. Yeah. It's amazing to hear these incredible stories. You know, absolutely, it's amazing. Cheers. Yeah. Now, now um, shift gears a little bit here because there's, there's a challenge that I think all nonprofits face regarding marketing and where they use their money and this and that. So Facebook ads. I know Facebook ads, that's a topic that you don't talk a lot about, and mm. um, we can get into that a little bit. But but here's the, here's the thing is there's always scrutiny about how a nonprofit uses their money. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the expectation is always somewhat unrealistic that they use all the money, every dollar raised to go to whatever the cause is. Yeah. And not for marketing. 
right? Yeah, I know. that That's kind of an unrealistic expectation for anybody. Right, know? right. But at the same time, you do marketing. And... Um, and so, so, and you do have a, 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 some sort of marketing budget, but the problem is, like with Facebook ads, is every time you've got an ad or even a promoted post or anything, it's a sponsored, and it draws mm-hmm. attention to the fact that this organization spent money for this ad, and that's got to be a sensitive issue for nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, in my experience, it's not a huge issue because most most, I, I like to call them reasonable people, mm-hmm. <laughs> know that you kind of have to spend money to get a message out. I mean, uh, you know, look at look at the presidential campaigns, right? Yeah. You know, you're trying to get elected. I mean, that whole system is broken. I don't want to go on that road. But, <laughs> you know, they, I mean, they spend like billions of dollars, like crazy, crazy money. But, um, I mean, the, re- the average person knows that you have to kind of get the message out there. So it's not so much a big deal. But um, if as long as the organization is transparent about that, you know, like in, in fact, in their annual re- their annual report. Uh, and I think there's even certain laws with the 501c3 laws, you know, a certain number of a certain percent of your donations has to go to the outcome. It has to go to the work that you're doing. And of course, you know, uh, then some percent goes to operations advertising salaries whatever it might be you know mm, right. so it's not it's i i don't hear that that's a huge obstacle for nonprofits they kind of understand that but the the bigger obstacle i think is more or less the mindset of free is better yeah that's that's a huge problem in my world believe me mm. if it's free that's that's the sometimes that's the only criteria oh it's free oh that's great Really? Oh, yeah. It's a crappy looking website. What are you talking about? It's free. <laughs> it lo- it certainly looks free, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean this this website that looks like garbage, that thing, it says free all over it in my book. But mm. that's not a good thing. <laughs> I'm not yeah. giving you a compliment, by yeah. the way. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um that's 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 a big problem, is like the whole free thing. So I I certainly do, don't get me wrong, I certainly um really promote using Facebook ads. And I do talk about it on my blog occasionally. Um, I think the homework that nonprofits have to do, and this might even apply to for-profits, is that the the more important work is to actually create content and a community on the page where people are really um, lively. That's much harder. It's easy to throw money at the problem. You know, buy a bunch of ads, throw money at the problem, but that's not going to solve the problem. My my analogy, whenever I talk to nonprofits about ads, Facebook ads, I say, yeah, they're very important to do for sure. You definitely should do them, but um, in you have to have the proper perspective about them. And ads are kind of like salt and pepper, like seasoning. Yeah. Um, you can't eat a meal that's only salt and pepper, right? right? You have to have steak, potatoes, salad, bread, all that stuff. Healthy meal. That's your content, your strategy, your 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 engagement, your um, ability to reply, your community management, all that stuff. And then on top of that, then ads, that will kind of supplement or augment what you've been creating. That's that's the general kind of idea that I think about when I think about ads. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense. So, I mean, you get a lot of people like, I use Facebook ads, I create this one ad, 
and I didn't make, you know, I didn't make all this money. It didn't work for me. And, you know, well, what else are you <laughs> so doing? So funny. Ads yeah. don't work. I love that. Ads yeah. don't work. Yeah. And they, like, they try one ad, right? It's just, it's, it's annoying. But yeah, it's always, um, it's always, dude, it's always Facebook that's broken too. <laughs> it's like, oh, Facebook didn't work for me. No, no, no. You didn't work. You're yeah. the one who's broken. Yeah. Facebook's working for the guy next door. Yeah. The tools. Right? What's the difference? The right? tools are ridiculous <laughs> that, that, that you have available to you within Facebook. It's just a matter of how you use them. Which I, you know, I know it's overwhelming a bit in terms of what all the options are, but you can't just use like I promoted a post and it didn't work. Facebook ads are broken. Yeah, I mean, there's just so yeah. many things you can do. Uh, I mean, I think that the, the nonprofit, uh, well, not nonprofit guy, obstacles for Facebook ads is is you know budget, but at the same yeah. time, I mean, it's the same thing I tell the small businesses. If you've got five bucks a month, you still have the budget to do Facebook ads. Oh yeah, totally, man, and especially if you're smart. See, that's my thing with ads is that if you're smart, you actually um, make your dollar go further. Yeah. You oh, know, for yeah, example. yeah, because you don't like run an ad too long. You, you you micromanage the hell out of it, right? I mean, that's that's pretty much what I, I had done from the beginning when my bu budget was tight. So you make sure it's efficient and you stop something that's not working. Oh, exactly, man. And and also, you know, if you, if you target very wisely yeah. – you're you're essentially limiting eliminating competition for the bid on the ad, and that drives the 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 CPM or the CPC down, right? Right. Absolutely. You know, so if you're smart about how you're targeting, then you can actually be very powerful. And and we were talking about Facebook Insights before. Um, I always tell nonprofits, you know, before you take out an ad for to get fans, for example, like a pay, you know, a Facebook ad to to build up your fan base to get likes. Um, look at your Facebook insights and look at how, you know, who has already liked your page, yeah. right? The demographics, that's historical information, but people don't change. The behavior that human beings have, it generally doesn't change over long periods of time. So what that information actually tells people, especially on the likes report, it actually tells them these are the people who are most likely to like your page, right. you know? Yeah. So if you're a breast cancer foundation, you look at your likes report and they're mo mainly women, like women between 35 and 55. Forget about the men. Don't target an ad to men because they're, they're losers in that case. They're not going to like your page. Absolutely. You know, focus on what's working right. Don't try and fix what's broken or don't try and, you know, focus on this ideal target market. Like, well, we want to reach this audience or we want to reach the best way to reach that audience is to get your current people talking about your organization with those people. Cheers. Good transition, John. It's almost like you did. Now. I was going to talk about that next. Um, so, so while you know nonprofits may have take a different approach uh, to Facebook ads or, or certain types of Facebook, I mean, ultimately, we all one, one thing that's universal is measuring success, mm -hmm. and um, one, that tool available to us that we all should be using is Facebook Insights. Uh, in general, and specifically the exports that has so much data in that most people are completely ignoring. Now, oh, and by the way, just yeah. a quick plug, man. I love your, um, I forget what you call it, but that spreadsheet that you have, what is it called? Oh, the Facebook Insights Helper. Dude, I love that thing, man. <laughs> that thing's awesome. Well, it's thanks. A, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> download that Insights Helper, right? Yeah, Which Facebook is, Insights Helper. And yeah. I, I need to update that thing. See, now you forced me to update it. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> so I have to go because every once in a while, Facebook changes uh, 
the you know what what data is in what columns or they add a column oh, or take away a column so then i have to update it but uh oh dude it's insane yeah, yeah. so but anyway the you, i mean you talk about uh the demographics um of the people people like your page and there there's some data and this is the e some of the easiest data to get access to because a lot of people are scared and intimidated by the exports but the mm-hmm. one place where the the web version of insights are really I, I was first of all is it R or is when you're talking about insights is that a plural or a singular well I, I I think of insights as a product but yeah. you're right it is a pl- it's I say is I, I usually do too so I'm gonna say is. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so the one, one place where the web web version of insights is very valuable <laughs> is uh when we're talking about demographics <clears throat> so mm-hmm. because that data is within the uh, page level export as well even more info there, but it's really hard to digest that demographic info. Like you can't, it's like columns and columns and columns. You got to sort and all this stuff. And it's just annoying. But uh, where the web version shines is where the demographics of number one, the people who like your page, number Mm -hmm. two, the people you reach. So that's not just your fans, but everybody you reach. And number three, the people who are talking about this. Mm. So, so while I think, the information, the demographics of the people who like your page is important. There's so many things that go into that, right? So if you spend a lot of money in advertising, uh, and especially if you've experimented with it a lot, like my page is an example. When I I started doing optimized CPM like a year ago when that first came out, Mm. I'm like, why am I getting two and a half cents a like? This is insane. It's because I was getting people from all over the place who were probably bots, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think there were like 800 fans in this one campaign that came from that. So it's like even on the likes demographics, it's like there's a lot of things you have to consider there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reach demographics I think is relatively valuable. But it's not talking about this. It's like mm-hmm. whether they're fans or not, these are the people generating stories about your content. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately uh, – this, the, the type of information that should uh, determine, you know, what, how you craft your content. Who is it, who is it you're catering to? Because these are the people that are going to help spread your message to others. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Cheers. So, so as we look at, you know, important stats or yep. those stats that people focus on a lot. I mean, I, I write about reach a lot now. I think it's a bunch of garbage, and I think you uh, agree for the most part. And it's, I, I know you've talked a lot about talking about this but what what are the what are the things that you focus on i i mean it's funny because you know again i work with small medium-sized nonprofits, and and yeah i show them the download report and we often get into that depending upon the situation you know we first of all you know start with objectives like what is your goal why are you using facebook and i always like to you know it's got to be included integrated into an overall campaign like a maybe even a mini campaign um, and then, you know, figure out what the objective is and then decide what are you going to look at that's most important in Facebook um, for that specific campaign. But but I think in the long run, talking about this is the ultimate metric, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because um, <clears throat> if 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 you reach a lot of people, but people, those people that you're reaching aren't talking about you, then that, that's a worthless effort, right? Yeah. That's a worthless endeavor. If lots of people like your page... But very few of those people who have liked your page are talking about you. Those people are donuts, man. They're <laughs> they're just a waste of time. Yeah. You know. So, and and the funny thing is that if you focus, I feel like if you focus on the end, 
and, and so there's the means and then the end. So if, if an organization or a, say a for-profit makes their end, people talking about this, like that's our ultimate focus on Facebook is people talking about this in terms of a measurement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's put aside, you know, acquiring emails and um, other types of transactions like buying stuff, yeah. right? Um, because, um, you know, because you can measure that in other ways. Right. Right. You can measure all this stuff. But but if you focus on people talking about this exclusively, fan growth and reach and all that stuff, those are kind of like that's collateral type of effect. Those are means to that end. Yeah. You know, you know, so so, for example, if you have if you post a photo and tons of people are talking about it unexpectedly, then what do you want to do? You want to say, great, that worked really well. That content really speaks to people. Now, where reach comes in is, okay, let's have more people see that update. Yeah. So then you do a promoted post or you send out an email to your email list saying, hey, check out this update. We want to hear your, we want to see what you have to say on this update. You know, then you, then you focus on creating more reach for that. But if people aren't, if you post something that's completely boring, you know, you would, who would, who in their right mind would actually want to create more reach for that? Yeah. And the, and the right. funny thing is, is like... Uh... You you you're, you're focusing on people focus on reach, but if you get the talking about this, the reach follows. It's like it's, it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't I've never understood focusing on reach first. Like let's say you've got crazy reach for some post, but no one's talking about it, no one's clicking on anything. Um, how is that valuable? That doesn't mean anything. That's that's worthless. It doesn't mean anything at all. And and actually, it's funny, man. I was I spoke at a uh, a conference on Monday actually yeah. in Boston, and someone asked about reach and this and that. And I actually looked. We pulled up the screen in front of everybody. About we looked at insights and we looked at the po- the page posts report. You know, on the overview report. Mm-hmm. And you know, we looked at all these. The reach is all over the map. Yeah. You know, reach numbers are crazy. It depends upon if you promote it or not, if it was posted on the weekend, at nighttime, in the morning. I mean, it depends upon the moon, like if the moon <laughs> is full or not. I mean, yeah. it just seems to me that, you know, reach is often really all over the map. Like it's not a consistent thing. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing that you also have to remember about reach is like reach on one day like reaching one person on one day isn't necessarily equal to reaching one person on another day. And, and here's my example. Mm. Let's say you, got a very, you, you post something at a very high traffic time mm-hmm. um, and then you post something on a low traffic time. Um, reach, reaching a person during a high traffic time, I would assume is less valuable than reaching that same person on a less traffic, lower traffic time because – they are so distracted by that other stuff that's going through their feed. Yes, they scrolled through and you reached them and they saw it supposedly, but they're so much less likely to act than on a day when your post went flopped in there and that's all they see right now. Exactly. And that's that's precisely why talking about this is a better m- metric because yeah. the people that have the lower traffic in that example, they're more likely to talk about the post, to like, comment, or share, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's why, you know, that's why I feel like forget about the reach and all this other junk, you know, um, focus on people talking about this. Now, one other metric that I think is important and it's related to reach is frequency. Oh, yeah. And so frequency is important. And I think you get more, you get, you get better information about that in the download report, but there is that one like little yep. kind of um, upside down bell curve type of graph that's yep. in the reach report. Yep. And, you know, th- what's great about that is that you can see 
basically what's the concentration of your core fans the people that see your stuff all the time yeah. you know yeah and uh, you know your core fans and their friends really is what that is a comment about is that is how concentrated right is your is your fan base you know your your rap your rabid fans and, and what, one th yeah one thing i look at there is trying to find a connection between frequency and um the number of the amount of negative feedback and, mm. and at least from my page, so I'll find, okay, what was the day that I received the most negative feedback? And then I'll look at my freak. And what's, what's funny is like, and, and go the other way around. When I received the when I had the highest frequency or the highest number of people who saw stuff 21 plus times or 16 to 20 times or et cetera, et cetera, you would assume that would result in more negative feedback. That was not mm. that, that I have not seen a correlation there, which I find mm. to be pretty interesting. So we yeah. we, we hear a lot mm. about how you shouldn't post too frequently. I'm not saying that yeah. there isn't a correlation. Like there there has to be a limit that you subject people to your content. Yeah. Yep. But I, at, at the same time, um, what I've found at least is, is as long as you're um, you know someone judicious in, in how you post, uh, even when you start reaching people a little bit more often. Uh, I have not seen the negative feedback go up. Yeah, and I, I, I think the reason why you're not seeing the negative feedback, like I, I'm not surprised that that would be the case, is because this, I think the, the, the higher frequency is caused by the core people mm. that love you already. They're yeah. total fans, right? And they're commenting, they come stopping every day. They basically like and comment and share every single thing that you have to say. And then their friends, who are kind of the same friends from week to week, you know, unless they're like a crazy person, right. um, then they they continue to see that stuff. So there's not, you know, they're just used to those those people that are reached virally. They're used to seeing it, and then the people that comment, of course, they're not going to mark something as negative. Yes, they're they're totally into what you do. Right? That's it's a great uh, point in that if edge rank works. Facebook is going to show your stuff to people who interact with it most often. So mm -hmm. if, if the frequency goes up, Facebook will, you know, so it's, if, if I post more frequently, Facebook will, uh, may not show it to people who don't care, but they mm -hmm. will show it to people who have proven, proven to care in the past. So they shouldn't provide negative feedback. I think where negative feedback mm -hmm. is going to happen most often and why I, I kind of ignore it for the most part is because I, I tend to get it when I promote something. Yeah, that's the so, thing, man. So, so that that that's usually not even from a fan, and Facebook doesn't break that down, and, and which is kind of annoying. I, I wish they would provide yeah. that uh, information, whether it came from a fan or not. But mm. um, so yeah, yeah. If 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 you see something promoted and you give me negative feedback, and you're not a fan, that, and you're sick of seeing that in your newsfeed or in the sidebar or whatever, yeah, I get that. Yep. Cheers. And, you know, on promoted posts, I've noticed the highest, I don't know how it is for you, but I've noticed the highest um, rate of negative feedback on promoted posts that are promoted to fans plus their friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what I've been doing is, I, and I tell this to nonprofits, is, you know, you create that promoted post because Facebook no longer gives you this option to kind of target only fans um, in the promoted post. So I just say, you know, create, create the promoted post, then go to the manager tool and then just delete the second ad, delete the ad that goes to friends, and then then you end up with these two other ads, and that's it. Yeah. You know, of, now, now, so you know. so I always tell people power editor, power editor all the way. But um, yeah. So I've well, been see the thing for me, power editor is. Um, I mean, I I'm totally on board with it. My yeah. clients are kind of they're nonprofits. They're not really. <laughs> they don't have a marketing headset. You know, they 
they're just trying to figure out like what Facebook is and insights. Whoa, now you're showing me insights. And, and believe me, they have a hard time wrapping their head around just basic stuff. So the the, the self-serve manager tool is yeah. is what I tend to focus on. And then and then the uh, the dashboard, the manager dashboard. But the but you're right, the power editor has so much more to it. But, but now, it's, now it doesn't have the greatest UI though. It's kind no, of crazy. it's terrible. It's terrible. You know? But um I I don't know if this is universal yet, but I think I now I don't have access ability to target um friends so and i'm not even sure how this appears in the ad manager anymore so you're saying that when you target friends plus their fans because there's not no longer the fans only option it still generates that ad that goes to fans only uh, yeah in that campaign okay so that, that's good yeah. to know that's good to know. yeah so when you create a promoted post three ads are created yeah. actually there's an ad that goes out to fans of your page and then an ad a separate ad that goes out to friends of fans and then the third ad is sponsored stories. Yeah. You know, people that react to that post and com- like, comment, and share an ad that goes out to their friends. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, no, yeah. I, and, yeah. And that's something that I knew always was the case before. I, I didn't know it still was uh, now that they kind of changed that targeting. So that's interesting. But yeah, yeah. I, I tend to, I was, I, you know, I know Power Editor is clunky, but man, like you can promote a post so much more efficiently. By saying I'm only going to target people in the mobile news feed who are my fans, period. Yep. Um, so I think I think that's that's so powerful if uh, yeah. people can wrap their heads around it. But. You know the, the other the other question I get about promoted posts is often this, and it, it it's a question that kind of makes sense on the surface. So Facebook, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but in notifications sometimes Facebook will say, "Hey, this post on your page yeah. is yeah. is is." at the 90th percentile. Yep. Like and then it says you should promote it, right? So I've gotten this question a lot like why would you want to promote a post that's doing well? You <laughs> would think you would think that you would want to promote a post that's actually not doing well. Yes, then that is the major flaw of yeah, the that's approach the, of so many people. Yeah. That's a massive like broken thing in the thinking. Um it's the matrix is broken. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um but it's almost like, you know, with a promoted post or with any Facebook ad, really, you're only paying for reach. Well, actually, aside from the CPC thing, yeah. you know, which is not like promoted posts are only about reach. So you're literally throwing money out the window. If people don't like, comment, and share it, it's 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 a waste of money. It's a complete waste of money. Mm-hmm. You know, so who cares if thirty thousand people saw it? What you really care about, and again, my constant argument is like you want those people to organically tell their friends about your organization. Right. That's yeah. what you want. That's the ultimate. Yeah, this is a flaw in the misunderstanding of Facebook ads. You are not paying Facebook to force users, these robot users, to interact with and share your content. You're just telling Facebook to please show it to more people, whether or not, uh, in, in particular, if they weren't intended to see it before. So uh, that, that's, that's the misunderstanding there. These people are robots and you're gonna, they're now going to start interacting, right? Mm-hmm. But if, if you've reached 2,000 people and no one interacted, if you're going to tell people to reach 10, tell Facebook to reach, reach 10,000 people, that's not going to change. You're still not going <laughs> to get any interaction because those 2,000 people proved that your content's a piece of crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if, you have yeah. A bad, if you have a bad update, anyhow, if you have a boring piece of content, man, you got to... You know, don't promote that no, damn no, thing. No, no, no. People don't need to see that stuff. People want to see your good stuff. Yeah, and your good stuff, even when it's good, is only going to reach a certain percentage of your fans just because of basic understanding of uh, 
the uh, social social media and online behavior and all that kind of stuff. Edge rank aside, half of your users are on every day, and those who are on are only on for thirty to sixty minutes, and so you're just not going to reach them. So so if it's doing well, you're like, you know what, this is doing well. It's getting a lot of engagement. There's some fans who probably haven't seen it yet. I want to make sure I reach them too. Um, so so that's when you promote it because that's when it helps something go viral. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Right on. Cheers. Now, I do think it's interesting, though, that your focus is on talking about this because I think that it's consistent with what a nonprofit's focus would be, um, uh, and it's spreading the message, right? So, um, whereas I don't, I don't focus that much on talking about this overall because my ultimate uh, measure of success is driving traffic to my website. So, mm-hmm. um, talking about this is a collection of you know people creating stories, any kind of story, just like, comment, share, and and some a bunch of of, of, of other things but mm. i focus a lot on say you know link clicks um mm. and, and things like that and consumptions and consumers you know people clicking on my content mm. but so but i think that it makes a lot of sense though there's that that difference there now mm. the one place where i i, I want to say challenge you but i would say that a nonprofit may want to to drill down a little bit more is that talking about this again includes a lot of different story types Whereas I think ultimately what you want is people to share your content, mm-hmm. right? So yep. you, you can drill down and say, okay, how many people actually shared? Uh, and that, that's something that's available within the, the post-level export. And then you yeah. can even do more there and start looking at, okay, how, how many of my fans are talking about this, right? The, mm-hmm. the fans talking about this metric that's present within that post-level export. Yeah. For me, share is like that's the ultimate prize on Facebook because, you know, there's like, comment, and share. There are a whole bunch of different ways that people can talk about a page, right? There are actually about 12 different ways that people can do that. But um, within a post, the most common are liking, commenting, and sharing an update, right? And, yeah. and you and I both know like what it really is. It's kind of a throwaway. It's like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. Click. Like. I'm, yeah. I'm super lazy. I can't even do anything. <laughs> you know, comment is basically saying, uh, the person saying, oh, this is my opinion or, oh, this is what I think, right? Yeah. A share is completely at a new level. A share is all my friends have to see this. Yeah. That's what a that's what a share is, and I I, I um, edge rank gives each of those an appropriate weight. Mm-hmm. You know, like eh, a lot of people like this, so what? We'll push it out to a few more people, and that's okay. A lot of people shared it. Whoa, we got to get this post out there more. You know, they're going to give that a little bit more weight in the algorithm. Yep, and, and yeah. I've had, I've had Chad Whitman on the show uh, from Edge Rank Checker, and he has confirmed that that right. It's like likes are nice, but uh, edge rank even. Uh, weights that share more heavily and it weights the the comment more heavily in terms of whether or not your friends are going to see it yep so, yep absolutely yeah, exactly yeah cheers all right so uh we've talked a lot man and we, we could go on quite a while here um i think i want to start wrapping up a little bit but um so I, what do you got going on i, mean, I know you you've written facebook marketing for dummies uh mm-hmm. you've got a social media fundraising club uh, yep. what, what do you have going on right now? Uh, well, Facebook Marketing for Dummies, the fourth edition is coming out in June. I find, you know, I finished that. And I'm actually working on another book. Um, I don't have a title yet, but I'm working with a niche publisher. They're, they focus only on nonprofits. And, and the topic of the book is Facebook fundraising, you know, mm-hmm. how to integrate Facebook within your fundraising strategy. It's going to be a short book, maybe like 150 pages. And it's going to be very tactical, very short short chapters 
Um, so I'm working on that. And as you said, the social media fundraising club, um, hanging out with my son. He actually got a, a, his first cut, like stitches uh -oh, the other day. Uh -oh. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was kind of cool because he was freaking out, right? He only needed, yeah. he cut his knee on a piece of glass or whatever. Mm. And uh, we're at the emergency room and, and he's freaking out like, oh my God, they're going to amputate my leg or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. So I took a picture of it and I found this app on my iPhone and I actually turned the picture. It was like a little slice across his knee. So I drew like a smile face around it where the slice was like the mouth. Oh, awesome. And that, that totally distracted him. That's so, awesome. so that's what I'm busy with. <laughs> that's great yeah those uh, that, that i think that stuff is ultimately more scary for the parent uh i mean i think i told you the story about my middle son who got hit in the head with a baseball oh, yeah that's yeah 10 stitches on it above his eye that was mm -hmm. that was freaky but mm -hmm. uh i think ultimately you know we got that, that's being a parent you expect that stuff to happen eventually i mean remember i remember being a kid and i don't know how many times i had stitches or hair tied together or whatever because that's some big gash somewhere you know Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, dude, I, lo I love that video that you did about that um, experience because it talked about failure. Yeah, and then and then starting again. Yeah, you know? and it's you know it, there's a lesson there uh, about parenting and about just uh, being a person in general that you don't want to protect yourself from failure or from mistakes or protect your kids from failure and from mistakes or from accidents or whatever because it, it's all learning experiences and that's something i think we can apply to everything we do exactly plus you don't want them living at home when they're like 30 exactly right? no one get out of the house kid <laughs> no, no 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 one wants that no one wants that. <laughs> you're right Last call. all right uh so i've just asked the bartender for my tab here i had to pay for my my uh classy bud light uh john where can people find you uh, at John Hayden on Twitter, uh, and the last name is H-A-Y-D-O-N. And then on uh, Facebook, it's just facebook.com forward slash inbound zombie, inbound zombie. And those are the, those are the two main places. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, John. That was so much fun. Thanks again to my friend, John Hayden for pulling up Barstool on the social media pubcast. We covered so many topics today. Make sure, uh, you check out the show notes. And the blog post written on this one, if you just go to johnlimmer.com slash podcast, you'll get the most recent episodes and uh, you can read more about anything you may have missed. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this one. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. Ooh.